0: Hi Jacqueline, how are you?
1: Hi Amelia, thank you so much for having me, I'm doing really well.
0: That's great, thank you so much for doing this, I appreciate it, it's been a while, so I'm so excited to have you on our podcast, and for everybody out there listening, why don't we start by just talking about your origin story and how you got in start into like fashion and all things, like
1: beauty. For sure, yeah. So, I actually grew up in a really small town in Rhode Island uh, called Pawtucket, and you wouldn't think by the look of it that it's, you know, someone who would be interested in fashion. Um, we're not really known for that there, but uh, I think that my origin story really started coming, you know, from my childhood. My mom was, you know, a teenager when she had me, she was really young, yeah. and um, I think that, you know, having a daughter at 16, she really wanted to prove to herself that she could do it, and, you know, she was a single mom, she worked really hard, and, she always put me in the best clothes. Like, that's Aww. one thing that she always said. She's like, when I had you, she's like, I always wanted you to be really well-dressed. So from a young age, she had me wearing, you know, Calvin Klein. Wow. And DKNY. Oh. And, um, yeah, so um, I think that I was introduced to these, you know, brands at such a young age. And um, she really just, like, gave me kind of, like, freedom to dress myself as well. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of just kind of freedom of expression from such a young age. And also being like the first granddaughter. Oh my my gosh. Yes, the first granddaughter. Wow. My grandparents just, they definitely, you know, took me on kind of like as their own and just spoiled me a lot. I was definitely like very spoiled. My grandmother would take me shopping and she would just really let me do my thing. Like she would let me pick what I wanted and I never felt kind of like pressure to, to dress a certain way. And I think that I'm really lucky in that sense because it gave me so much creative, uh, just like inspiration. Wow. And um, yeah, so after that, like I think that it just continued like throughout, you know, my, when I was young and in school, like. I always was known as that girl who, like, always had, you know, a cool outfit. Wow. Yeah. I That's mean, cool. I took a lot of creative fashion risks. Like, I oh, went through wow. all the phases. Yes. Um, so, by the time I got to high school, my mom actually forced me into um, a private school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which hmm. is probably... <laughs> um, that, for me, was really challenging uh, because not only was I losing, like, my whole f- social circle yeah. at that point but I also lost that creative expression. Wow. So in the the uniform was just like awful. Um so that was really interesting for me. Um going through like that four-year development kind of like experience without being able to dress and maintain like that creative expression. Um I definitely, you know, like picked all the loopholes I possibly could. So sneakers, like vests, jackets, headbands. Wow. Like,
0: so you went all the jewelry, way
1: in. I was like, you know what, if I'm gonna be restricted wearing this ugly uniform, like I'm gonna spice it up and like really still trying to like maintain some kind of like individuality. Yeah. Uh, so by the time I graduated high school, I really just wanted to get out of my state. I was like I still at that point very much wanted to pursue fashion. Um I knew that just it was what I was meant to be doing. Um, it's followed me through, you know, from childhood to that, you know, um, young teenager age. And um, I, you know, I wanted to go as far away as possible. So it was like, if it wasn't New York, it was going to be L. A. So I applied wow. to three colleges. One was actually um, in Manhattan. Uh, it was, it was um, pretty much like focused on fashion for business. Okay. am. And then um, the other one was in LA, and that's Fittum. That's actually where I ended up going. And then there was one in, in Boston. Okay. But basically, I, you know, I knew I wanted to be on the business end. I'd always been kind of entrepreneurial growing up. Um, I used to do like yard sales all the time. Oh my gosh! Outside my grandparents' house. Love it. Not even kidding. Selling everything I possibly could in the house. Um, <laughs> so I knew I wanted to be on the business side. And basically, I went to LA and um, pursued fashion marketing as my major. I wanted to go for two years. I wanted to get, I knew what I wanted to do and I didn't feel like I needed a business degree. I already had kind of like that business mentality. Sure. Um, so I, I actually opened the first Henry Bundle in West Hollywood working out there. Uh, so, wow. Yeah.
0: That's major.
1: So that was exciting. Um, Oh my god! And to be like that age and be introduced to that brand um, on the West Coast, because its origins were obviously like on the East Coast in Manhattan, uh, was so incredibly exciting for me. Um, I fell in love with the brand. I loved the whole concept of like fashion, jewelry, and accessories being like a luxury item and experience. Sure. And um, I loved that you know we could wear whatever we wanted, and they really like trained us to be like entrepreneurs. Like when we were working in the store, building our clients and things like that. So that was my first introduction to like a luxury fashion brand. Uh, and when I graduated, I ended up transferring to their flagship store in Manhattan. And oh, that's, cool. Yeah.
0: So that was like your first job out of college
1: yeah wow that was and i was really lucky that i was able to make that easy transition because the job market in in la at the time was challenging like finding a good paying job and honestly at that point i felt like i had outgrown la i had classmates that wanted to go to new york and i was so you know isolated from my family for so long and i just wanted to get back to the east coast so it was a good you know healthy distance and also like allowed me to like be in a really amazing vibrant city of course so uh yeah i transferred to new york and i worked in that store for about four years and i started with the company with a zero sales experience and i ended up leaving the company um, among the top five sellers in the company wow that's major so that was now, so
0: how did you do that like how did i'm like so intrigued <laughs> how did you end up leaving as like one of their top five like what were the things that you learned that helped you in that it make that kind of goal and that leap
1: yeah it was a lot of hard work like I don't think people understand like sales really is a learned, developed skill. Um, I can really stand to that um, testament because I didn't have sales experience before. So working in the LA store versus the New York store was totally different animal. New York, you know, people are paid on commission. Um, There's like three floors and there's big departments like you're selling like really expensive, you know, products. Um, and we sold everything from skincare to like handles to handbags to jewelry. So there was so much, and we had um, all of these like you know really wealthy tourists, celebrity clients that would come in. Mm-hmm. But really, what it came down to, I think, was just like challenging myself every day and never feeling like I had to be someone different. Like I was very much always myself when I was a, you know t- communicating with clients, talking with them. Um, I really learned to be a great listener and. I think just, you know, I love fashion and I love making women feel good when, you know, they're shopping and and they're looking for something and also taking them outside of their comfort zone. Of course. And I think that's what a lot of, you know, my clients really loved about me that number one, I'm I'm honest and also, you know, like I'm on your side and I'm going to give you, you know, my best suggestions, um, my most honest suggestions and those relationships, like, you know, lasted outside when I left the company as well. And I still actually talk to some of my clients from Bendel's, which is really cool. That is cool.
0: So you made the leap from leaving that company as a top five. And then where did you pivot to next?
1: Yeah. So my last year of the company, like I had honestly burned out. Number one, that last year is when I made a million dollars for the company in one calendar year. Wow. So that was a major accomplishment for me because there was only five people that did it. And I mean, when I tell you in December, like there were days that I did not go to lunch. Like I stayed late. I went from open to close. Like I was so laser focused on making this like milestone for myself. And it was very much like for me, I didn't feel pressure to like compete with anyone else. I just really wanted to prove to myself, you know, like worked really hard. You have a clear goal, like you can do it. Um, and I definitely put the work and the time in, um, I just, I felt like, and I also, I have to credit like my managers at the time, they were such great supportive mentors for That's me That's awesome. and I don't know if I would have been able to do it without their support. Uh, but yeah, towards the end, like, you know, after reaching that, I really just like wasn't feeling as fulfilled the toxic work environment really took a toll on my mental health big time yeah um you can imagine like how competitive it is in that kind of space especially
0: in new york i mean my goodness especially
1: yeah for sure so you know that definitely took a toll on my mental health i didn't feel like i had a social life i wasn't like really very healthy um and i missed my family and just like there were certain things in the company that i really just didn't didn't align with you know my own personal beliefs and um Something was pulling me, you know, in a different direction, and that's kind of when the idea for the art of came to be, where I loved, you know, everything about bundles and, like, their product and, and um, just the whole experience that they kind of created around their brand. But all of, like, the value system I thought was lacking. The social responsibility was lacking. Um, we weren't very, you know, community kind of, like, um, invested, I felt. Like, we didn't really associate with a lot of social causes, and I felt like, there was a disconnect and a major opportunity to kind of bridge fashion and social change. Sure. And that's when, you know, the idea started floating around and like, what if there was a fashion brand that was, you know, on par with Bendel's that, uh, you know, s- women could come to shop to feel good and know that their money is being directed towards good, right. to Like social good. So. Um, Basically, I decided to leave, and I moved back home with my parents, and they actually gave me the grace of, like, starting the Art Wow. That's uh, amazing. And not working for, like, a good month. So I really took full advantage of that. I was like, if I'm going to move back to Rhode Island, first of all, because that was never, like, in my plan. Of course. Like, when you leave Rhode Island, it's just, like, you don't come back. Like, like, if you come back, then we need to talk. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it was hard for me to kind of accept that that I had this internal fear that if I left New York, I would never be able to go back. Hmm. And um, that really kind of I was like, you know what? I'm so unhappy; it can't be any worse than it is now. So that is kind of what just pushed me over the edge, and I'm like, I need to go back home. Sure. Like it can't get it any worse than it is now. Um, and I'm really I'm passionate about this idea, and I need to just make it happen. I'm gonna see it through. Yeah. So, yeah, I I just started. You know, um, I took the last of my savings. I wanted to start it off as something like a jewelry line. That's what I was selling. And I didn't have like a product to sell, I didn't have anything. So, I bought, you know, material, I bought two mannequins, I set up an Etsy store, I had like a little photo studio in the basement that I took pictures of with my iPhone, all the products that I was making. And um, that's kind of like where it started.
0: So talk me through the art of fate, like the name alone. Like how did you come to name it? And in terms of, you know, building the building blocks of the art of fate, you know, there are so many women, so many people that are out there that, you know, use or work at their nine to five that like have a dream side hustle and they just don't know like how to start. And some for some, like they just marinate on it and marinate on it, but you're like, literally went into it you did it so like talk me through the mindset of doing that
1: yeah it's a it's a good question it's very like hard to kind of pinpoint that exact moment but i've always just been deeply deep i deeply believe in like purpose and like meaning and just kind of trying to find the links between all the experiences you have in your life and like what led you up to every single moment, right? We all have tragedies. We all have like major kind of strides that we make in our careers. But oftentimes I feel like we don't look back on those moments that we're at our lowest points and really try to find meaning from that. Like what did it teach me? Why did that have to happen for me to get to where I am now? Um, It's honestly like humbled me a lot. It's made me feel a lot less regret for things in the past that maybe I'm not proud of or certain experiences that have really just like hurt me, um, but been able to find kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel. And when I was at my darkest moment working for for Henry Bendel, I just remember like it, the name honestly just like came to me. It was like the art of fate, like the art of fate, me growing up in such a small town with a single mom, moving to LA to study fashion and then making my way to New York. And then coming back to Rhode Island, like the one place that I never thought I would ever return to, for yeah. me, that was truly the Art of Fate. And when, uh, a few years ago, when Bendel's closed every single store, including the flagship store, wow, that to me was an even bigger symbolism of like the Art of Fate, literally. And I just firmly believe everything that's happened to me has led me up to where I am right now. That's cool.
0: So in terms of the Art of Fate, And looking at your site, first of all, it's an amazing site and you have so many products and so many brands. And the one kind of common thread throughout all the brands, they're women owned businesses, they're like female um, or women uh, curators and creators. And so can you talk to me about what drives your passion for women and then talk about women and how you frame that word? Because you've really taken it aback.
1: Yeah, so uh, when I was doing, you know, the jewelry line in Rhode Island, I had to get the product out to the market and I started participating in a lot of, you know, the artisan fleas markets, the Providence fleas, and really like immersed myself in kind of like the entrepreneurial um, ecosystem in my home state and it was really exciting for me because I had been away for so long, like this was all so fresh for me, so it was like um, reintroducing myself to like my own hometown. Uh, And through that, I got to meet just, like, a lot of incredible women um, that were also, you know, building their own businesses. And I made just several connections, and I loved the idea of, you know, there being kind of, like, these weekend markets where we could go and kind of, like, support local businesses. Um, But the idea for The Art of Fate, like, from the beginning, from its inception, has never been to just have, like, my own line. I always wanted it to be kind of similar to Bendel's because Bendel's had so many different right. brands they, t- um, they totally did. and that's what made them so special and a lot of them were women-owned um, so I wanted to take that experience where you could support women-owned when you don't have access to markets like that like why can't we have a website that is thoughtfully curated that is focused on women that are doing incredible work um, that are mission driven that are making you know sustainability strides Um, And that just really like are making like amazing products So that's kind of like what inspired it and we actually through the process of you know growing the jewelry line ended up uh, Launching a mini kind of like gift subscription box. Oh cool. Yeah, and that kind of was our kind of like an experiment that we did where basically we partnered with other local women-owned brands and they had their products in our box and it was called box of fate and um It featured like, you know, it was a monthly subscription and it was totally curated based on the subscribers. So you'd fill out like a little fashion and style survey, and we would actually curate the products in the box for each subscriber. Wow. And we had everything from skincare to jewelry, um, all different types of products in it. Oh my goodness. Um, So that was kind of like the first experiment we, we did featuring other brands. And then from there, like we did a couple of really big markets um, that allowed us to have the income to invest into buying more products from women-owned businesses. So I went on Etsy actually, and I started buying at wholesale all these really cool, just like different types of products from different women. And even had some of them actually design custom uh, products for us. So we did wow. some really cool fun collaborations. And then um, I guess to kind of close off on that, Uh, We were accepted um, into Social Enterprise Greenhouse Impact Accelerator Program. Oh my gosh, that's a major. Which was awesome. It was an incredible opportunity. And I just actually graduated from the program in May.
0: Congratulations. Thank
1: you. Thank you. It was an amazing experience. And it was like, you know, we I got to connect with the Rhode Island community. So I was still living in Boston, going back and forth every week, um, but just got paired up with so many amazing mentors and also working alongside a lot of social entrepreneurs. Um, but through that accelerator, that was when the website really kind of started coming into fruition. All the building blocks of like, what do we need? What, what brands do we reach out to? What is it going to look like? Um, how do we make it like appealing for people to come and learn the stories about the women? Because I really wanted the focus to be on the founders and not just the products. Sure. Um, and really, it was such a launch pad for us. Like throughout the entire process, I restructured the entire business model. Wow. Um, so many just like different things that I learned about like just how we would scale because that's obviously like what we're trying to do we really want to make this a sustainable business model so we can make real change for women sure we need the platform and then to answer your question about the different spelling because we do spell women with an x and a lot of people wonder if that's like a typo it's not no it's not um so basically the meaning behind it for me I am you know multicultural. Um, My mom, you know, is Filipino-Irish. My dad is Italian and Portuguese. I come from a very, like, diverse um, community as well, and that's always what has made me feel, like, so just, like, I guess just, like, supported like I love being around all different types of people it doesn't matter where you're where you come from what your political view is what your age is what your you know your um, background is none of that matters and I never wanted women to feel excluded right um and especially in the minority community where I feel like especially when it comes to business minority women feel deeply excluded Mm -hmm. Um, and for me the X is basically a more inclusive and progressive term to spell woman, which also includes women of color and trans women so it doesn't matter you know what your background is, what your story is, like, I wanted you to know the Art of Fate has a space for you and it's a safe space for anyone that identifies as a woman.
0: That's awesome. So, when you did and finished the Accelerator program and you talked about the power and the impact of mentorship, what were some of the gems and and jewels that you walked away with from some of your mentors?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think just like the genuine feedback as I was building the website, not only from the mentor team, but from the other social entrepreneurs I was working with, that feedback honestly has allowed me to iterate and to make changes. Uh, We had so many amazing guest speakers that were coming in. There was one that was the most memorable that came in and she was talking about um, like social equity and just like how we can make our... Businesses more inclusive and um, provide just like access and opportunities for minorities and really just like anyone that you know you feel like you can help. If you can do that, like you absolutely should take that responsibility upon yourself to, and just do it for the sake of doing it. And that to me was like a huge just like wake up call. Like we can do better. We can definitely do better to lift other women up in our communities um, and that honestly inspired me a lot to provide what we do which is free marketing um, consulting and resources to all of our founder partners that's awesome that was really important for me because you know I feel like some woman I take for granted sometimes that like I do this for a living and I know that you know as you're building your business that's one of the most important things that you need to know you need yeah. to know how to market your products and percent um, and how to brand you know you need to know how to brand yourself So if I'm able to give that to another woman and she's able to build her business herself and to bring it basically to its highest potential with my mentorship, like that to me is absolutely worth the investment in my time. Um, And it's only going to help her like in the long run. And from there, you know, like she's going to help someone else. Exactly. You just
0: pay it forward as you go.
1: So that's worked out really well. And it's also helped me understand more about some of the challenges that a lot of women face in, you know, running their businesses. It's like obviously you're for a lot of them you know they're designing products so it's like their labor a lot of it is being allocated to actually building and making products so it's like marketing is kind of like this afterthought so i started doing these like online webinars where you know we can basically just like all chat together about whether it's instagram for business or how to design your own graphics with canva or how to take your own You know, photography, like for your products, all these different topics that I felt like would really help women become better with their businesses. Sure, Um, that's basically what we're doing, and we have plans to actually expand to um, the public. So offering these courses uh, to the public as well, not just our our partners. That's major. That's so cool.
0: So with regards to the brands that are uh, showcased on the Art of Fate, how if you're uh, if you're listening to this and you're a curator or a maker. Um, and want to get on the Art of Fate. What do you look for? Like, what's the criteria? Because there's so many different products. There's so many different um, opportunities on that site. And if you're like in beauty or if you're you create candles or create potware, what have you? It's kind of like, how do I how do I stand out with them in the crowd?
1: Definitely. So, I have spoken with every single founder, partner that we have on the site, and for the most part, I've actually seeked out a lot of the brands that we have. Okay. What I look for first is obviously, like, you want to have a great product, so it has to be, like, well-branded. It has to um, definitely have an inspiring origin story, so I definitely look for, like, purpose and meaning and what the founder's mission is, what they're trying to basically accomplish. Um, A lot of it is honestly, like, empowering women. Um, also, just, like, providing more sustainable um, alternatives to maybe, like, toxic products. So a lot of our skincare brands, they are all natural. Um, so we don't allow synthetics. Um, or we really stray away from plastic as well. That's a number one thing that I look for. Interesting. So if you look on the application, um, that's actually there. So we ask everyone, does your packaging include plastic? Wow. Um, and we've actually, like... I think through conversations inspired a lot of our founder partners to shy away from plastics we educate on why we're trying to minimize our plastic use sure um, and that goes for like our shipping standards as well so we're working to basically become a plastic-free company um, it's really important to me i just think that with climate change um you know just taking a huge toll on our planet especially in the next 10 years um fossil fuel is a major cause of that so yeah. we definitely look for socially conscious businesses mission-driven businesses, um, obviously woman-owned, and we definitely want to continue to build out um, our minority group as well, because I think minority women are growing at a much faster rate in business, 163% over the last decade, so um, there's definitely not a scarcity. Um, Right. We're opening at a much higher rate than white women, and what... The issue is is the value of minority women-owned businesses is significantly less, Yeah. which for me is unacceptable. And I think that if we continue to provide an, uh, access um, to a, a platform where women can really thrive um, and we can provide resources to help them thrive, then we can really help to build those numbers up and build the value of their businesses and provide more value so that they can create more wealth for themselves. That's what it comes down to.
0: It is. And again, it's also about creating... A legacy so that it's easier for the next woman and next female generation of business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, So, just to pivot a little bit, I mean, so you are building this amazing brand, you're thoughtful and intentional about sustainability and, and kind of creating a culture and an atmosphere in your community. And in terms of doing all that, you're very Rosie the Riveter. You have a guy, she has amazing skin. She's, <laughs> she's glowing. She's fashionable. Oh my goodness! And so, essentially, Legend. like with regards to just taking care of yourself, there's this real kind of thrust in our society that entrepreneurship is cool. Um, and that everyone is you know a CEO or a founder and so you know the the real people who are doing the work like you um, I always wonder in terms of how they take care of themselves and how they stop to enjoy and you know, kind of what are the, the steps that you take to always check in as you're doing this work because it's it's so much to balance right
1: yeah I've honestly just like completely detached myself from the term balance because I really don't believe it's possible especially when you're building two different businesses at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Mental health is such an important topic to me, incredibly important. Um, I have battled with depression in the past, actually very bad, um, especially when I was working in New York. And I think that I really had to reconnect with myself and find out what was rooted in all of that depression. Mm. And I think that, you know, over the last couple of years, like I've definitely worked through a lot of my emotional trauma. Um, and I've learned that it's okay to take space and it's okay to, you know, if you have to fall behind on certain tasks and projects, it's not the end of the world. Anything can be rescheduled, honestly. Um, I no longer will put, you know, my work at the expense of my emotional health. And I think that this is really hard for a lot of women to do because we put so much pressure on ourselves every day. We want to do a million things. We want to get to a certain place in a certain amount of time. Sometimes I think that the goals are just so unrealistic and if we don't really like support ourselves first If we don't take the time that we need to create space so that we can you know Basically take a rest. It's really important like I firmly believe if I didn't have my seven hours of sleep every night Which I'm fully committed to my work would take a huge hit. Yeah, I I definitely don't think I would be a higher performer and I honestly at this point um, would rather uh, take longer to get to, you know, where we want to take the company than getting there in a shorter term, coming at the expense of my mental health and me actually getting there to that point and then not even having the, the energy or, you know, anything inside of me to even like enjoy it. Yeah. I want to, I want to be there, you know, and know that i made it there in a healthy way and that I didn't, you know, abuse myself and, and put too much pressure on myself um, and I definitely um, advocate for that for all women. I think that you know, you really have to be realistic with your goals and realize, you know, you need you need rest. you need to spend some time alone. I think it's really important not to always distract yourself and always have to fill your calendar with meetings and appointments. Um, really kind of distance yourself from your business like a little bit, at least, you know, an hour or two a day, just for you, just private time, no phone, like nothing, um, and just use that time for yourself. Literally, just like schedule self-care. You need to put it on your calendar. Um, and yeah, it's it's been um, definitely one of the best decisions I've made. I think
0: that's so cool. Thank you for sharing that because yeah. it's so like key to so many people who are starting their business and they're balancing their nine to five and you know, children and husbands, not in that order. But, um, but you know, again, I think it's always important to think about self-care and the fact that you said to schedule it is a really great um, thing to, you know, advise and advocate. Um, so we're heading into the holiday season, it is now chilly October, we're going into November, and um, which means gift giving for a lot of our listeners, and so because The Art of Fate has so many brands, um, can you talk about some of the like best gifts that you have to offer? I mean, I know it's a Sophie's Choice, we can't, you can't <laughs> say to buy everything, although right, you should yes. buy everything. <laughs> Everything is affordable and it's like beautiful. The earrings, the candles, just there's so much variety. So just your like top tips for, you know, what people should be on the lookout for.
1: Definitely, yeah, I know that. I I wish I could honestly shout out every single brand we have on the website. Um, But for the sake of time, um, I will mention just some of our top performing brands right now. Um, Most of them are actually based in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, which is awesome. Uh, so, one of them uh, is actually based in Somerville, and it's owned by um, a mom, and her name's Vanessa. Wow. And she is awesome. She makes these amazing 3D printed earrings that are actually made from a vegetable plastic. Oh my goodness. Um, and they're so fun. There are like, so many colors. She makes fruits. Um, she makes, like... Uh, just empowerment kind of like message ones there are some that say like resist that are really popular the price points are really affordable so it's very inaccessible gift um, and we do really well with them and she definitely is just like an awesome person and really just a pleasure to work with Uh, so definitely check out Winter Hill Jewelry another one of my favorites is uh, Sir Milky Quartz and this is owned by a woman based in Providence Uh, Her name is Savannah and she Creates these really gorgeous vinyl bags that have uh, dried flowers pressed inside them. Oh wow! And they're super cool. They're all like completely handmade and one of a kind. Um, and we have everything from makeup bags to like little ID um, coin purses. Uh, she makes crossbodies, and they have been definitely just like a highlighted accessory um, that we have showcased at almost every event that we've done. So definitely check out Sir Milky Quartz. And then one other brand that I really love is um, Lazuli Handcrafted. And this is a brand based out of Newport, Rhode Island. Okay. Um, and she makes everything from semi-precious uh, rings and earrings and bracelets. Um, really just like gorgeous 14 karat gold filled jewelry. Wow. And she has these earrings. Her name's Erica, by the way. Uh, she makes these earrings that are casted with real ginkgo leaves. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! This is actually, wearing one of her pieces—that's beautiful. And um, she's an Etsy design finalist for those earrings. So the ginkgo asymmetrical earrings—you have to check them out. They're on our Instagram. Um, uh, it's one of my favorite jewelry lines, and honestly, I wear this necklace every day. It goes with everything. So. Wow, that's cool. Three. Those three are
0: three. So we'll definitely link those up in the in the show <laughs> notes. Um, and so I think you know, in terms of resources. Um, You mentioned that you did an accelerator program, but you also, you know, sought out people to add to your community for the Art of Fate. But in terms of just, you know, looking at people, whether they're leaders or just other business makers, how do you go about creating a community for just, you know, doing this business and just having somebody to talk to and be like I'm going through this like how do you do this like how do you create that?
1: Yeah I think that you I firmly believe in like the expression find your tribe Um, I think that I just put myself in places where I have the opportunity to connect with other women so you know I work out of the wing it's a female only co-working space and through that like I built so many meaningful relationships with a lot of their members which have actually become partners with the Art of Fate. Um, I've done a lot of panel events also, so sitting alongside other women that work in you know, the tech space or the Boston entrepreneurial community and being able to you know, sit in front of an audience and meet women that way, I think is awesome because we're just basically talking through all the challenges that we are currently facing. Um, I found actually through one of the last events that I sat on at GA, uh, someone who's actually, like, I've hired, so she's actually working with us now as Director of Business Development. She was, she just came up to me after the event and said that she, you know, was working in social work and she's always been into fashion and trying to get back into fashion. Nice. And we have built such an awesome relationship and I confide in her, you know, for a lot of decisions that we've been making. And, um... Yeah, it's like you really have to like lean on other women in your community. Number one, know your ask and know what you can give as well. I think is something that I've really been working on, um, and really just like be your authentic self. Like I think that that's number one. Um, if you can truly just like put your authentic self out there and put yourself in situations where you have opportunities to connect with other women in your community you will absolutely find your tribe that way.
0: Wonderful. So I uh, started this podcast as an ode to women in my family. And the women that are in my family are so strong and passionate. And, you know, thinking about Hot Mama Chronicles, hot mamas are living their lives in purpose, on purpose. So I just wanted to take the time to acknowledge you for your work and helping to amplify these brands and to push them through your platform. Um, May you continue to promote them and change not only their lives, but the lives of those around them. So I want to just take the time to thank you for your time. Um, It's so precious. And for all you do for women, women with the X, of course.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs)
0: Um, And thank you guys for listening to the hot mama Chronicles. Please share with your networks. Like I said, we'll link up to the show notes, all the brands and all the cool things that were mentioned here. Remember, the road to being a hot mama is about the journey, not the destination. Till next time, guys. Bye.